Springfield Talk 1041 and a good Friday morning, everyone. We are broadcasting live. It is the Friday Road Show, sponsored by Affordable Towing. From here at none other than Scramblers, the doors are open. Been telling you all week, barring just uh, circumstances in which it's impossible to get in, we would be out here. And of course, they are open. So, uh, roads clear some of them of course when you're in town uh you know you may have some areas with um you know snow packed situations but uh 60 coming in it's 90 percent clear james river uh at least the stretch i was on is just completely dry and clear and so those those main arteries well i guess i could always pull up the modop app i should have done that it's it's a great resource uh that uh, modot app if uh, you want something at your fingertips it gives you a sense of how the roads are i see people post that all the time on social media how's 44 how's 60 how's 65 how's this how's that and that modot app is really convenient because it just color codes the roads everything from clear to partially covered to covered to um closed down completely and it's just it gives you an easy sense so i uh, see so you have the modot side yeah, up i am looking at it right now it looks like the vast majority yeah. of roads are either partly covered or mostly clear now my drive wasn't too bad and right yeah and i mean you're you got some country roads right yeah i've never no. been to your house but the way you talk about it yeah i live off of a well i live off of 65 but then i have a, a side road that i have to take so the side road's always bad but once i got on 65 headed towards springfield it wasn't too bad yeah so other than if you just don't like really really cold weather um or i, I mean some of the real rural out in the middle of nowhere areas might be a little more difficult but just your standard uh everyday driving to work or doing whatever it is you're going to do there's i mean you're you're going to be okay and that always just be a little extra careful yeah, i suppose just take your time yeah just take your time but uh, i did see when i went by whataburger there was a plow in the drive-through truck oh, ordering okay was that the yeah. only one no nope, no nope, there were a couple there see, were a couple there i was kind of curious you haven't given us a whataburger update. yeah so yesterday well every morning when i drive by uh just a bit after four uh there's a line um anywhere from half a dozen to 15 or so this morning there were just a few but the the one was uh it was a, a plow truck and uh, then yesterday, whenever it was, I don't know exactly what time, but it was when the snow was really picking up and blowing. It was the, at its heaviest point, and it was back out on 60 again, probably 50 or 60 cars in oh line. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> you know what One I think happened? Days. I think a lot of people told themselves, they're like, hey, um, there's probably not going to be that many people right. in line because of all the snow. And so that, of course, ironically led to more people than may have otherwise actually been there. Yep, that would make sense. All right, well, let's look at that first alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. Uh, wind chill warning until 6 o'clock tonight. Wind chill advisory from 6 tonight through noon on Saturday. Today will be sunny. High of 10, wind chill 28 below. Tonight, mostly clear, 1 below uh, with a wind chill of 16 below. Sunny, 22 tomorrow. Christmas Day, sunny with a high of 28. And then into the next week, 37 Monday. And then we're actually 
by Thursday, uh, high of 60 with a chance of rain and, and a slow build up till then. So next week's definitely going to be uh, much, much more mild, relatively speaking. Uh, coming up, oh, I want to read, there's a great piece. Uh, GOP cannot be successful until Mitch McConnell is gone. And it, it has become clear. I, you, you, you don't, it's almost as if Mitch McConnell has decided that he is in his final stages of being a U.S. senator, and so he's just throwing everything he can to establishment. He's getting you know, it's it's his his farewell, his big finale, and it's all about the special interest. It's all about. Uh, taking as much money from the American people as possible and throwing it to these organizations. A, a bit like many people have perceived Roy Blunt, who, among other Republican senators, is just getting thrashed um, by other Republicans for betraying uh, the voters, uh, for betraying the country as we are facing these relatively historic times in terms of the economy and piling on instead of making things better, increasing the amount of spending. And this is the thing that is perhaps as damaging, arguably more damaging, is the fact that this essentially makes the Republican-controlled Congress an irrelevant point for a year. Because the one power that they would have is the purse string power, okay? When it comes to your standard laws, legislation, Republican-controlled Congress can write up and pass legislation, but then Democrats, they can put a stop to it in the Senate, or even if there was some crossover of a mansion and a cinema and the Republicans held steady, then you have Biden, who, of course, would veto it. So when it, when it would come to proactive legislation, Republicans don't really have much authority the one area they do have power is the purse strings they do have control in that capacity they they are the ones who determine the budget and this omnibus bill that republicans helped push through and and made possible over in the senate because they did have the power even though they're in the minority to prevent it from moving forward but with the help of senators like romney murkowski collins and roy blunt uh, it, it, it is taking that power away from Republicans in the House until next September. So, they, so McConnell and Blunt and these other Republicans have essentially neutered Republican control of Congress until September of 2023. Any sort of significant impact they can have. I suppose the upside is... They don't have to worry about any investigations taking them away from getting meaningful legislation done because there really is no meaningful legislation uh, by way of budgeting that they can do now thanks to Republicans like McConnell and Blunt. And let me tell you what's going to happen next year. After that, it's like, well, okay, there's 2024. Guess what that is? That's a presidential cycle. That is the run-up to the presidential election. And you're going to have Republicans in the Senate led by Mitch McConnell, the elites anyhow. 
that are going to be say, well, we can't have a government shutdown in the run up to the election. We've got to, you know, we can't have that. Uh, it's going to make Republicans look bad. It's going to hurt our chances of getting the White House. It'll hurt our chances of gaining in the Senate. So we have to give in to Democrats. We have to give them whatever they want. So 2023 has already been shot and destroyed. And 2024, mark my words, they, 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 and Democrats play this card every single time, and the weak crossover Republican establishment fall for it every time, telling us that we cannot have a government shutdown, we're going to be blamed for it, we have to compromise, because that's what people want. People want bipartisanship. They're tired of all the bickering. They want bipartisanship because bipartisanship shows leadership. And they're just so hungry for leadership. That's what they're looking for. And so then they will pass some massive budget that once again is going to be on the backs of the average middle class Americans in this country. There is a really great piece by Molly Hemingway in The Federalist. GOP can't be successful until Mitch McConnell is gone. I want to share that with you coming up. Here from Scrambler's Friday Roadshow is sponsored by our friends at Affordable Towing. I'm Nick Reed. The Ozarks dealing with bitterly cold temperatures this morning. Heavy snow fell across the Ozarks on Thursday. Most places got 2 to 3 inches. 3 inches fell in Willard and Rolla. Republic got 2.9 inches. Stratford, Branson, and Clever, 2.5 inches. Springfield reported about an inch. Police have identified the man who died in a house fire last month in Monette. The body of 47-year-old James Creekmore was found in his burning home November 29th. An autopsy shows he died from smoke inhalation. Police have been investigating an attack by two pit bulls that injured 18 students and three teachers at Willard Intermediate School. That attack was reported around noon uh, Tuesday. Paramedics treated the people who were injured. Six of them needed emergency care. The pit bulls were euthanized after the owners voluntarily turned them over. Testing for rabies was negative. The Springfield Planning and Zoning Commission turning down a request to change the name of the road leading to the planned Bucky's Convenience Store at I-44 and Mulroy Road. Bucky's wanted to name it Beaver Road. The original request was to call it Bucky's Avenue. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Custom car care, all of your car care needs. Man, this is a day I know so many people. I Even I, I keep on top of it as best I can. Probably not as good as some. I think I'm a little better than most, just because I know I'd be shamed if I did not keep up on uh, on my vehicles, because that's what I encourage all of you do, that because of, of the knowledge that I get from A1 Custom Car Care and the importance of it. And I get out there this morning, I'm like, man, if this thing does not turn over, because I didn't have it in the garage overnight. Uh, for a couple different reasons, but, uh, and I thought, I'm, it's gonna be real embarrassing. It's a station vehicle, anyhow. But nope, turned over, because we do keep on top of it, and if you don't do so, you increase the chances out on a morning like this, it may not start up for you. And, uh, of course, that's the sort of thing that nobody wants to help you fix. Nobody wants to come out and give you a jump in this weather. Nobody wants to get up earlier than normal to give you a ride. Uh, no matter how much they care about you and love you. So make sure you keep on top of it. A1 Custom Car Care, the folks to do that for you. 
Molly Hemingway has a great piece, and it, it's just on point, and it's what so many of us recognize and know. But when you when when you read it in an articulated fashion by somebody that has uh, a, a national stage, if you will, uh, there's a validation there, and and I wanted to share that with you. GOP can't be successful until Mitch McConnell is gone, and she writes. Comments Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell made on Tuesday show why he has become the single biggest obstacle to GOP success. The Kentucky Republican claimed giving more money to Ukraine is, quote, the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans. The new $1.7 trillion Democrat spending bill he enthusiastically supports would give Ukraine another roughly $45 billion in assistance, bringing the total over the past eight months to more than $100 billion, a staggering figure, even if it weren't happening during a time of inflation, looming recession, and other serious domestic problems. The comment about Republican priorities is so false as to be completely delusional. Among the many concerns Republican voters have in Washington, D.C., a failure to give even more money to Ukraine simply does not even rank. A large coalition of conservative groups, including the Heritage Foundation and the Conservative Partnership Institute, publicly opposed ramming through more Ukraine support during the lame duck session before Republicans take over control of the House on January 3rd. Strong pluralities and majorities of Republicans have told pollsters that they want decreases, not increases, in foreign spending and global military involvement. Many Republican voters support helping Ukraine fight Russia's unjust invasion, but it is absolutely nowhere near the top issue, contrary to McConnell's false claim. It ranked higher as a priority before American taxpayers gave Ukraine more than was given to their war effort by nearly every other country in the world combined. But even at the height of support for the effort, before it turned into a massive proxy war with an unclear relationship to the U.S. national interest, it was not the top issue for Republicans coming behind the economy and our own U.S. border. A majority of Americans polled a few months ago said more money should be given to Ukraine only after wealthy European nations match what Americans have already sent, something nowhere near happening. Republicans care deeply about borders and national sovereignty, but they rank the protection of their own open border far above the protection of the borders of other countries. It is worth remembering that the longest government shutdown in U.S. history occurred in 2019 over a fight between Congress and President Donald Trump over whether to commit a relatively paltry $5 billion to protect our own country's border, which Congress had refused to fund. Another comment from McConnell also shocked Republicans of the $1.7 trillion left-wing spending spree McConnell is working so hard to help Democrats pass, along with Republicans like Senator Roy Blunt. He said unbelievably that he was, quote, pretty proud of the fact that with a Democratic president, Democratic House, and Democratic Senate, we were able to achieve through this omnibus spending bill essentially all of our priorities. As an indication of how deeply sick and broken and unserious the Senate is, no one had even begun to read the lengthy bill, which was put forward just hours before votes began. The American people voted for Republicans to take over control of the House of Representatives, and House Republicans had begged.
McConnell to push for a smaller, short-term bill to keep the government funded while also giving them a rare opportunity to weigh in on Biden's policy goals. McConnell allies dismissed House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy and other House members who tried to persuade Republican senators not to support the Democrat spending frenzy. Budgets are policy documents, and the only leverage Republicans have is to wait a few weeks for when they will have a much stronger hand to weigh in on every issue that matters. By ramming through the $1.7 trillion package during the lame duck session, Republicans will have significantly less ability over the next year to fight against Democrats' destructive rule or destruction of rule of law in the Department of Justice, the failure to protect American borders, the destruction of the military, and Democrat collusion with big tech to suppress conservatives and their ideas. The spending bill that McConnell asserted was good for all of his priorities rewards the FBI with brand new headquarters and ups the funding for the DOJ to enable it to go after even more of its political opponents while protecting its political allies. It's perhaps worth remembering that during the uh, 2020 Georgia runoff campaign, McConnell blocked efforts to increase funding for Americans who had their businesses and jobs shut down by government mandate during the COVID response. Spending is not a problem for McConnell so long as the right people receive the funds. What support McConnell has from Republicans largely comes from doing his job well when it comes to judicial nominations. I myself co-wrote a book on the topic, and he's rightly praised for his work in getting conservative judges and justices confirmed and for stopping one liberal judicial nominee, Merrick Garland. It is not praiseworthy, however, that he encouraged President Trump to nominate Garland as attorney general and voted to confirm him when President Biden did nominate him. It is noteworthy that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has matched McConnell's record on judges and with far less fanfare from his allies. Perhaps Democrats demand more of their leaders than competence at only a few aspects of their job. That Schumer is capable of doing what McConnell has done shows it is not a particularly unique skill set. McConnell allies also like to say McConnell is good at stopping Democrat legislation. Indeed, McConnell did contribute to what few successes there were in the last two years, such as stopping the poorly named Equity Act. Certainly, he played small ball well enough to keep Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kristen Sinema of Arizona from voting to get rid of the filibuster. Again, whatever frustration Republican voters have with McConnell should not keep them from acknowledging these limited successes. However, Republican voters are desperately concerned about the country and are looking for bold and persuasive leadership instead of comfort with a few small, intermittent successes. They also seek leaders who don't hate them. Frustration with McConnell's well-known and long-established disdain for Republican voters is becoming a serious problem. The politically toxic McConnell is continually ranked as the country's least popular politicians, well behind Biden, behind Kamala Harris, behind Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, and even behind Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. He is so disliked by Americans that he's underwater by an average of 35.3 points in polls gauging his favorability. Unfortunately for Republicans, he has been the top elected Republican in the country for the last two years, a period marked mostly by inexcusable uh, impotence, fecklessness, and muddled messaging for the GOP.
Rather than present a coherent and persuasive vision of what Republican control of the Senate might look like, or even demonstrating consistent opposition to Democrat policies, too often McConnell overtly or covertly helps Democrats pass their signature policy goals. He had his deputy, Senator John Cornyn, negotiate a bill to restrict Second Amendment rights. He notoriously and embarrassingly caved on a promise to help Democrats give huge numbers to pass the CHIP subsidy, giving Biden a huge win that he could celebrate with Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo two weeks before the midterm elections. McConnell also famously trashed Republican candidates and the voters who selected them, refused to advocate strenuously for the candidates, and failed to develop or pursue a persuasive message to Americans for voting to give Republicans control of the Senate. When Democrats poured $75 million, not even counting the outside spending, into defending Mark Kelly's Senate seat in Arizona, McConnell left Republican challenger Blake Masters high and dry, even though Masters only had $9 million. Instead, McConnell interfered in Alaska's Senate race, even though the two contenders were both Republicans. He gave his valuable cash to weak Republican Lisa Murkowski, the candidate who did not even win the Alaska Republican Party's endorsement. Murkowski is known for not voting to confirm Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, among other notable decisions. After the disappointing midterm loss, McConnell blamed others. He also allowed a dozen Republican senators to vote for a bill that would enable assaults on Republican voters who, on religious grounds, opposed redefining marriage. Once again, hat tip to Roy Blunt. So long as Mitch McConnell is the top elected Republican in D.C., eagerly trashing Republican voters, uh, vociferously advocating for Democrat policy goals, pushing $1.7 trillion Democrat spending packages, and weakly fighting for whatever Republican goals he can be bothered to pursue, Republicans have a major problem. This is beyond obvious. Everyone outside D.C. knows. This, even if few inside D.C. are willing to acknowledge it, until they do, the Republican Party will continue to suffer. And all of Republican voters will. You, you think about how we shake our heads that Democrats would pick somebody like Joe Biden to be their top leader. And at least his mental issues, his cognitive decline can be a tri- you know, can, can be pointed to when it comes to some of, of his quote leadership qualities and decisions. But with Mitch McConnell, what excuse do Republicans have? Springfield's Talk 1041, I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Have a look at the weather here in just a couple of moments as we broadcast live. Friday Road Show sponsored by Affordable Towing here at Scramblers. Doors are open. People are here, believe it or not. Uh, the roads, they're, they're um, anywhere from perfect to decent. Uh, you know, outer roads, of course, there may be some more challenges, but uh, uh, you're going to do all right today. The cold, however, the cold is something that definitely is noteworthy. That weather in moments. Traffic update now. I'm Nick Reed. When we finally kiss goodnight. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. All right, folks. Look at the weather. 
Sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. Wind chill warning until 6 tonight. Wind chill advisory from 6 tonight through noon Saturday. It's uh, going to be sunny. High of 10. Wind chills 28 below. Tonight mostly clear. Low of 1 below 0. Wind chill 16 below. Saturday sunny 22. Christmas sunny 28. And then things are going to stair step to much nicer weather. Monday 37. Tuesday 41. Wednesday 55 and Thursday 60. So it is going to get much, much, much more pleasant. In fact, there is a chance of rain on Thursday with that high of 60, but that's a week out. So you know how that stuff goes. Uh, Washington Examiner story. Conservatives mock my pillows, Mike Lindell, over, quote, lunatic DeSantis conspiracy theory. Now, listen to this story. Online conservatives attacked MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell after the businessman and Trump ally cast doubt on Governor DeSantis's victory in Miami-Dade County for the state's governorship. Lindell said on his Frank Speech website Tuesday concerning DeSantis's 10-plus point triumph, I don't believe it. He said, so it's just going to show everybody, just like we always tell you about Democrats, where they stole their elections, I'm going to find out what happened in Dade County. It is a deviation from the norm. It's very much a deviation. The archive of election results in Miami-Dade uh, County show that Republicans typically do not win the county. Of course, this was what, this was the one bright shining spot of the election was Florida and a lot of these counties getting flipped. And so the rest of the story, you have a number of different conservative commentators that are trashing on Lindell for saying this. Now, one, Lindell is currently running, or he he announced that he was going to run to uh, head the RNC. This is not a good way to go about getting support. Uh, If you're running for the RNC then the last thing you want to do is demonstrate that you are picking sides when it comes to candidates that are within the Republican Party. You, you, you want to, in the course of the run for such a position, not that he necessarily is, has a fantastic opportunity of, of achieving that, but you want to demonstrate, hey, you know, I'm going to be for all Republicans. My number one goal priority is going to be getting Republicans elected, going out and claiming there's no way that one of the top Republicans in the country could have actually won like he did and that there must have been something nefarious going on, that's the sort of thing that generally you hear from Democrats, Um, not Republicans. Now, his point here is that he's not partisanship, that he is, uh, you know, uh, calling out what he sees as... as, uh, odd outcomes in elections, uh, odd based on the fact that they don't, you know, follow a consistency, um, and and it doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat. Well, there are a couple of problems with that, and, and I'm going to first say I believe that this is about Lindell being a Trump guy, and, and I think, and I'm, I'm just observing here, I'm, I don't, this isn't about liking, disliking Lindell, it's nothing to do with any of that whatsoever. But I, to me, this says that he is in the Trump camp when it comes to a potential face-off in the primary between Trump and 
DeSantis, and he's out there kind of working it a bit, okay? The problem with with there being absolutely the, the, with taking a position that an election looks funny and something nefarious must have gone on with the only evidence you're providing is the fact that the particular county usually goes to a democrat is the fact that that's pretty much how Trump won the presidency that was what was so shocking to everybody about Trump winning. It was that you had all of these areas of the country that traditionally, some for generations, some areas of the country that had voted Democrat, that had voted blue, that voted for Trump. That he took a lot of not just independent voters, but but blue-collar Democrats, and they crossed the aisle. You had this tremendous switchover uh, when it came to Democrats and how they voted for the presidency. So when the guy that you are supporting, and when in many of our lifetimes the most effective and successful president we've had, got elected because of a significant number of traditionally Democrat areas voting for him, you probably shouldn't point to another Republican as having suspicious election outcomes when he does the same thing. Not to mention, it's the, this is, to a large degree, the pathway to victory for Republicans. It is to transcend bipartisanship to some degree, not by compromising, but by not compromising and showing meaningful results. See, to me, in Florida, Miami-Dade County, it makes perfect sense that you would have DeSantis win and, 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 and flip that county around for a whole number of reasons. One, I think COVID. And the fact that he refused to keep lockdowns in place while so much of the other country uh, kept those lockdowns in place. And he was, frankly, helped a bit by the media that constantly targeted him as this reckless individual that was going to kill people, and, and they were just constantly attacking him, which, much like for Trump, helped gain him favor with a lot of Americans. You have a significant number of people who live in Florida that are legal citizens who either came there or their parents or grandparents came from socialist countries uh, like Cuba or Venezuela. And these are individuals that understand the dangers of socialism. And they have watched this battle play out between the, the sort of this, particularly when it came to COVID, telling businesses when they can and can't open, telling what people they can and can't do. Um, so you might have in you know these counties people that that are very aware of those dangers, and and that would drive them to DeSantis. The Hispanic community is traditionally very family-oriented. 
on the national stage, you had this battle playing out where the the Democrats have have you know taken the side of teachers unions and the side of parents shouldn't have that much of a say when it comes to their kids what they learn. Uh, the um, designation of parents at school board meetings challenging their elected officials as potential domestic terrorists and using the Patriot Act to investigate them. Those are things that would cause people who are from, once again, countries or their parents were from socialist countries that live in Florida now, Miami-Dade County now, and, and saw DeSantis fighting against that, saying, no, I like this guy. I mean, if you understand the people and the, the culture in Florida and what a significant portion of that population fled and the 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 contrast between DeSantis versus what he was up against it makes perfect sense that at that point in time you would see that flip and then of course you put on top of that the hurricane that came through a hurricane that for a number of reasons was historic in terms of the the strength and damage that it did and within a week areas that normally would take six months to a year to get power restored islands and so forth they had up and running i mean he had that place going like gangbusters i believe that even to democrats even democrats we're not challenging the legitimacy of the outcome of the vote because they, I think, just strategically they got it. They recognized why it was at that point in time it was the perfect storm uh, in a positive way for DeSantis and his campaign. And so for Mike Lindell to come out and claim that you know it there there has to have been something nefarious going on that uh just like democrats steal elections when he sees that DeSantis was able to flip a county like Miami Day that that there's no way he could have done that without something nefarious going on and he's going to get to the bottom of it that is not in any way shape or form a winning solution Springfield's Talk 1041 I'm Nick Reed Traveling I-44 between Stratford and Springfield, it's about a 16 to 20 minute commute depending on your exit. Highway 65 between I-44 and Evans Road will take around 12 minutes. And James River Freeway between 65 and 44, you're looking at a 14 minute commute. Springfield is under a wind chill warning until 6 p.m. tonight. Plan ahead, dress warm, allow extra time, and watch for slick spots on the roadways. From the KTTS Go Patrol Traffic Center, I'm Kat. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. I had an interesting conversation with a couple of folks yesterday, and one of the most commonly conversation pieces that I think is thrown out there amongst Trump supporters, Republicans, conservatives is, you know, uh, the, the discussion of DeSantis versus. Trump, you know, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think he should do? What do you think he should do? What do you, you know, and so forth and so forth. And I'm hearing increasingly from supporters of Trump that they're very uneasy with the way that he's approaching all of this. 
Uh, and and uh, yesterday there was a gal I was having a conversation with who's a hardcore Trump supporter, and she w- used the word disappointed and and almost confused as to what Trump is doing and how he really seems off his game. Uh, whereas in the past he's he was this was her assessment, and I happen to agree with it. It's why it, it stuck with me that in the past he was just always so good about playing chess, if you will, and recognizing what's going to resonate with the support base, and he just seems way off. And 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 the, the confusion of trying to figure out what's going on. And I've noted also that in no one's perfect and makes perfect assessments, but one of the things that Trump in the past did pretty well was he, he pivoted well um, when he recognized that he was going in a direction – uh, that wasn't um, something that the support base was going to be supportive of. He would pivot off of it. And so far, that doesn't seem to be the case. It is clear, and I think Lindell's remarks on Tuesday uh, suggesting that DeSantis cheated uh, or that there was a, a voter fraud going on in order to help him win Florida indicates that the the Trump decision at this point is to try and and take DeSantis out by discrediting him amongst Republican voters. And as I've said that that is not that's a suicide mission, not a kamikaze mission uh in in my assessment. And and the winning thing for Trump to do because the fact of the matter is if DeSantis decides he's going to run, he's going to run. And the approach, of course, everyone knows the right way to go, right? But if I'm I'm a Trump advisor, I'm talking to Trump, I'm telling him, here is your approach. DeSantis is fantastic. He is great. Love the guy. He is the sort of guy that as president of the United States can continue MAGA, make America great again. But why have only eight more years of Make America Great Again when you can have 12? If I'm Trump, I'm arguing, I got another four years in me. Let's have four years of Make America Great Again, and then we can have four years of DeSantis followed by another four years of DeSantis. But if we pull the trigger too soon on that, then we only get eight years because DeSantis, he gets elected president. He's surely going to get reelected because he's going to continue to make America great again, just like we saw before. And the people love it. They resonate. Everybody wins. It's perfect. Everybody loves it except China. And and that's got to be the presentation. You don't want to force people to choose between you and DeSantis in terms of loyalty. The reason is because so many people who like Trump also like DeSantis. And people who like DeSantis like Trump. There's a Venn diagram there. And the majority fall into both camps in terms of liking and appreciating. Uh, now, you're going to have some that like one, not the other. But the the bulk of it, the majority, are individuals that like both. And if you're Trump and you are throwing dirt at a guy and forcing people to not just choose for strategic reasons like i just argued trump should lay out there but instead arguing because desantis is a bad guy and he's blown way out of proportion and he's actually stealing elections that you're gonna lose people and it's anecdotal 
But the folks that I get feedback from who like Trump and 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 would love to have Trump back there in the White House, that is turning them off, and it's making them gravitate towards DeSantis. Ironically, for some of the same reasons, they gravitated towards Trump, and that's because they were being told that he was a bad guy, and they knew otherwise, and that made them, uh, you know, drawn towards him. And and I think he's, I know to some degree, he's doing the same thing with that approach. It's just not a winning approach. Whether he's right, wrong, talking about the the marketing of it, I'm talking about people's reaction to it, and his best opportunity. If DeSantis does decide to run against him in the primary, is to take that position that he's going to be a great president of the United States, carry on the MAGA tradition, uh, but why only have eight years of it by electing him uh, now when you can have 12 years by electing me now and then in four years have him in the White House? Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Here's Stinger Myers. Here I am. I'll tell you about my friends. Beatles Property Maintenance. First things first, Beatles is spelled B-E-A-D-L-E-S, and they do a variety of home repairs and maintenance. And Bruce and his team, they've been awesome at posting uh, different winter weather tips for you as we are in this freezing cold temperatures. So here's a couple little advice tidbits in case you haven't done it already. First and foremost, make sure to close your crawl space vents if you haven't done that. Uh, You might have to dig them out now with all of the snow. Uh, Next thing, remove your hose, your hose bib, and make sure your weather stripping on your doors and windows are sealed tight. Now, if you have become the victim of a home repair because of the winter weather, you can always give Bruce and the Beatles property maintenance team a call. Their office opens at uh, 8 a.m., I believe, actually. So if you do need them, uh, you can give them a call. They'll give you an estimate. They'll get out there as soon as they can, and they'll make sure to get you all fixed up. Now, you can find all the contact information for Bruce and the Beatles property maintenance team. That's going to be housed at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab. We are live scramblers this morning. Friday Roadshow sponsored by Affordable Towing. The American Transmissions Talk and Text Line 447-KSGF. You want to shoot some text messages over. Tom March is going to be joining us in the upcoming hour. We've got news in 60 seconds from Scramblers. I'm Nick Reeve.